1: Hello, this is How
2: to Kill an Hour. Before this show starts, I myself, Marcus Bronzy, joined by Dev. Hi, Dev. How you doing, mate? You right? Hey, how's it going, everyone? All good, bro. Just be here. It's good to be. I just want to say, please listen to the whole interview if you're planning to listen to the freestyle at the end of this podcast. It will pay back dividends like no other, right, Dev?
3: Yeah, yeah. You, it's going to be via. It's going to be worth it, guys. Right? Don't do no skip through fast forward 15 seconds 30 seconds don't do that okay Mm-mm-mm. listen to, listen to the, enjoy the
2: full thing since the podcast has started we've never told you to do that you've been totally given full reign to do what you want but we recommend for best listening hear everything don't just skip to the mac freestyle which is inevitably gonna happen right let's kick off the show Are you serious hi thank you in advance for killing some time with us this is how to kill an now my name is marcus bronzy Hi,
3: my have I done this joke already? My names my name's actually Devin, but it's been shortened over time to just Dev, and I've ran with it.
2: You've never cracked that joke. In fact, I didn't even know that that was a choice that was out of your hands. By the sound of it, you said you said it was shortened, like you didn't shorten it.
3: Yeah, well, it, 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 it's annoying for a number of reasons. Devon is kind of an unusual name, so when I would tell people that as a kid, they would just say Devon, which used to wind me up. Uh and uh, yeah again over time that just became dev. And now what's really confusing is that dev's what my family call me, as you know, since I've since I've been very young. And so now, even though that's what I'm sort of known as to most people, for a split second, if anybody calls me dev, for one second I think, oh you know me. Oh no, you don't. That's just the, the, the name that I go by. This is riveting so wanna, chat. To someone, wants, a podcast
2: it, someone wants to mess with you and just chat. Just be like, hey, Dev, how's it going, man? Long time. How's the family? They can hit you with all of that. And you'll be like, "Uh, uh, uh." Yeah, I'm great, man. Uh, Yeah, uh." you
1: know
3: what? For a second. And I'm also, I haven't got the wearable to say, I don't think I know you, dude. I haven't got the wearable. I'm too sort of embarrassed to admit that I wouldn't remember somebody that, yeah, if you ran up to me and you just pretending like you knew me, to to save myself embarrassment, I'd probably just go along with it.
2: How do you, do you, you know what? Someone said to me earlier today, literally today said, oh, yeah, look, I'm not as soft as you. Uh, so that's why I have to say something, and I was like, Nah, nah, bro, what you don't understand? Yeah, at my grand old age of thirty-three, yeah, I can't be fucking bothered. Yeah, it's easier. I want the path of least resistance. I'm water in life. Yeah, if somebody gets it wrong, I'm like, Okay, cool, nice to meet you. I'll see you around. As long as they don't quiz me, and they're like, So, um, what's my mum's name? As long as they don't hit you with something like that, I'm cool, bro. I don't need yeah. to. I don't. It's it's the easiest
3: way, right? Uh, the, the only the only thing like that that bothers me, and it, it sort of comes with the territory, but uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, is any kind of over-familiarity. So <laughs> I don't like it when people... I, I, I love it when people say nice things to me. Who doesn't? Yeah. Get a little serotonin hits. Lovely. But I That's- don't like... You know, a you know, hundred years ago when we used to be allowed in nightclubs and sometimes somebody might ask for a picture... And what they would do is they would use the photo opportunity as a chance to touch you in a place that if you weren't stood next to each other taking a picture, that wouldn't be okay. The small of the back, for example, seems to be quite a popular place for someone to place a hand. And I think that's a really intimate place to touch somebody in the small of the back. Like, you know... (laughs) I'm like, well, now what? Now what do we do? Do we move in together? You know, do we? Do we start planning our future? Like, it's, it's 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 too it's too intimate. I don't like I don't like being touched. Is what I'm saying.
2: Maybe in their head, yeah, they're gonna touch the smaller your back, lock eyes of you, and then all of a sudden they're just gonna hear drifting in. Oh my
3: love it could my happen. darling it could happen if That's you call it. me on the right night if you call me on the right night and touch me in just the right spot it could happen
2: and call you dev at the same time dev 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway bro, what you been killing time with recently man before we jump into today's awesome guest you made a big announcement bro oh yeah, yeah i did I, I made a big announcement um last week that
3: after 18 years of broadcasting for the bbc that i'm going to be leaving um which is it's i mean it's a, a roller coaster of emotions i'm really sad to be leaving but at the same time i mean 18 years i feel like is a is is a good innings and i'm really excited to just do something else for a bit i mean the <laughs> The landscape has changed so much since I started. The analogy I've been using is, um, remember that scene from Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence? Yeah. um, They've been in jail for 40 odd years, and they're allowed out for one day to drive. I think it's the warden. They're they're allowed to drive the car into town or something like that, and they bring one of them with them. They're so old by that point that they're not going to run away. And Martin Lawrence gets out of the car, and he looks around, Uh, the people walking down the street. And I think by this time it's the seventies and there's guys with Afro's and mixed race couples and people with ghetto blasters and playing like, you know, disco and soul, like stuff he's never heard before. And he's so overwhelmed by everything. Like what, what is all of this? And uh, There's a part of him as well. They don't really go into detail with it, but it's certainly the way that I read it is that there seems to be a part of him that just wants to go back to being in jail because he knows how that works but at the same time you know that's you on one hand you yearn for your freedom uh, and i'm kind of now where i'm at is uh yeah this whole landscape of, of of broadcasting and media is completely different to when i first signed up to the bbc at, at, at like 17 so uh, i'm really excited to you know adapt and have my own thing going on and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically going to be popping up a lot more on how to kill an hour because, I... <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, it's uh, again, it's, it, it, it does feel a bit like jumping off a cliff when you make like a big decision. I think I've got a delivery coming. I'm really sorry, man. That's all right, um, bro. It does feel like a, a bit like jumping off a cliff, but I'm excited. It's all about pushing yourself, man, and going for new challenges.
2: I'm going to fill time. I think Dev's got a microphone that's attached to him, though. So are you still able to hear and talk, or have you taken off your headphones?
3: Yeah, you know, I've got, just, I've, got, I've got a headset on.
2: You can talk us through this delivery. I mean, is it is it coming at the time you expected it to come? Well,
3: they send you an email on the day saying that your delivery has been dispatched, but... It doesn't specify what time. It just says that it's out for delivery, so that could be any time between nine in the morning and. Well, what time is it now that we're recording this? Yeah,
2: it is yeah. five twenty-one in the evening. The well, afternoon, but but I
3: did. I, I, it's, it's actually become one of my my things. Is that uh, you know when I'm trying to cheer myself up a little bit in the evening. I have a couple of glasses of wine and then I just start clicking through Amazon. I don't get anything big. You know, I set myself a little bit of a budget, 25, 35 quid. And I just, I just click on things that I like the look of. And then what happens is this is where you really get into trouble is when the algorithm learns what you like the look of and says, Oh, other people bought this as well. Do you like the look of that? And you think, do you know, do I need another bottle of Angostura bitters? Probably not. I'm going to get it because there's <laughs> going to be a point where I do need that. Hang on a second. I'm just going to go get these, um, these
2: boxes. S- I really want to reiterate. And I think we're probably going to put a super top at the start of this show as well. That if you listen to the podcast, the interview we're about to do, it's going to give you so much payback. Yeah. You're going to get such a payout at the end. When you listen to what Harry Mack puts together for us, he's a gentleman that is pretty much known for having a phenomenal freestyle ability, right? Like me and Dev have been looking at clips over the last few months of this guy and he's blowing up. He's been doing it for years. And um, yeah, man, uh, Harry Mack is a guy that's got amazing talent. And I can't wait to get into this interview, Dev, because we actually talked to him about where he gets his skill set from, which is quite interesting, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Freestyle rap is one of those things that I'm forever impressed by just because it seems so difficult to do but th- this is going to be a really interesting uh, uh, listen for people it's it's going to be a little bit like a uh, like a murder mystery drama on telly there's going to be lots of little nuggets throughout the show and at the end they're yeah. all going to come together and you're going to go
2: oh <laughs> And you, well, both you hear I, both of you and Dev did.
0: going, oh!
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, without further ado, this is our interview with uh, Harry-, Harry Mack. The first thing we did was we played him an absolutely crazy response, like many he's been getting online when he's doing his YouTube jobbies. And that's how we jump into the interview,
0: man. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
5: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
4: Oh shit! Harry Mack! Holy stuff! way Bro! Oh my god!
1: <laughs>
2: That's the kind of response you'll get when you're turning up on YouTube on people's Omegle, Harry
1: it's bananas dude i never i never saw that coming it's crazy
2: yeah man well welcome to how to kill an hour bro and i suppose i just kind of want to get straight into it like yeah where did this all begin
1: man um you know i mean i've I've been a musician since i was a kid i've been freestyling and, and rapping since i was in like fifth or sixth grade um so you know 10 11 years old um but in terms of me, you know, making content and kind of having this, this, uh, this following online, uh, that started back in, uh, 2016, uh, December, 2016. So the very end of, uh, of the year there. Um, and what, what happened is kind of funny. Uh, I'll tell you guys a little story. Basically, um, you know, I'm a jazz drummer as well. So that's my background. I went to school for jazz drumming and, um, one of my peers in the jazz program at USC is this really great pianist and composer named Jacob Mann. And uh, we had done some gigs together on the jazz scene and stuff like that. And we were friends and he knew about my freestyling. And this was, you know, before I had really shown anybody, my freestyling outside of like my friend community and, and the people who knew me at school and stuff like that. Um, and so You know, he he wanted to change that. So he kind of tricked me into making my first video in a sense. So he had he had made an album of his own for his jazz compositions. And he said, Harry, look, man, I'm trying to do like some creative promo for my album. You know, I remixed one of my jazz songs and I turned it into a hip hop beat. And I would love for you to freestyle over it and I'll film it, you know, and and just so I can post it online and like, you know, kind of promote my album in this creative way. So I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. I'm down. And so, um. We decided that, you know, I would drive his car down Sunset Boulevard so we in LA so I could rap about all the different changing scenery around me and stuff like that. So people would hopefully, you know, know that it was truly improvised off the top of my head, right? And so we're driving down Sunset Boulevard doing this freestyle. He's filming it on his iPhone over his beat that he made. We did one take, you know, took like 15 minutes and then we got lunch afterwards and like, cool, that's it. I think he Venmoed me like 50 bucks or something. I tried to tell him not to, but he, he did Anyway, he's a good dude. Um, And uh, so I kind of forgot about that, you know, and then like a week later, I woke up from a nap and my roommate at the time, um, she was like, bro, you're, you're going viral right now. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) And uh, she was like, yeah, like you're you're number one on Reddit videos. And I was like, what's Reddit videos? I really wasn't like in this internet content creation world at all. So it was all just like kind of like a foreign language to me, you know? So she pulled up the page and was like, yeah, look, like, you know, hundreds of people are upvoting your video. And I was like, wow, went over to the video and I was refreshing it on YouTube and it was going up by like hundreds of views every time I hit refresh, and so long story short, that video got like a hundred thousand views kind of overnight, and uh, and then it fell off everybody's radar. Right? It was it was just a flash in the pan, um, but it was enough to really open my eyes to the potential. And to help kind of push me past all the fear and insecurity that had caused me to kind of hold my my creativity back for all those years from when I was 10, 11 years old rapping all the way through to to 2016, you know, when I was 26, um, that video that that we made together, I mean, I owe him a lot. Even though he was doing it to promote his album, that was really the catalyst for me to get going as, as, you know, who, who you now know as Harry Mack
2: cool man That's so yes, yeah, yeah, it's a dope story it's but dope are story. you saying yeah. that you had like 14 years of of training then that like before you kind of burst out on the scene so you you started this when you were 11 years old like how do you start i know this sounds like an obvious question but how do you start freestyling and kind of get from i don't know a kid who's rhyming i don't know blue and you to where you're reeling off seven minute long freestyles off the top
1: <laughs> yeah 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 so um I mean you said it already it's it's the the years of practice and training um, I've been practicing for 18 years now you know yeah uh, or maybe 19 maybe even a little longer 18 19 years something like that um, and so you know, when I first started freestyling, it was because me and my best friends at that time, when we were ten, eleven years old, were just in love with hip hop music and in love with hip hop culture you know we we had heard i mean I started listening to hip hop before that probably second or third grade because you know my big sister, who's three years older than me, was like, "Yo, all the cool kids are listening to jam ninety five point five on the radio like." you should listen to that if you want to be cool. I was like, all right, (laughs) I'll listen to her because she's my big sister and she she probably knows she hangs with the big kids. So that was like the mainstream. I started hearing hip hop and just instantly fell in love and, and me and a lot of my best friends Loved the music, we would go over to my friend Brady's House every day after school and watch, you know 106 in part, the battles and Stuff like that, and, and um, you know The basement with Big Tigga and all the Dope artists that would come on there and rap And freestyle, and we were just like, man This is so amazing, you know we, we're, we're fired up, like I, w- I want to be a part of that, you know We all kind of had this feeling of like, man, I want to try That, you know, like that's so dope Maybe I can do my little version of Of what these amazing people are doing on t v you know, and so it just started with that curiosity and that that childlike you know. Um, curiosity of wanting to just finger paint you know and and try to try to get involved creatively and so we just started rapping for fun you know and and we were super whack
5: <laughs>
1: you know all my first freestyles were not dope like <laughs> you wouldn't hear those back when I was 10 or 11 and be like oh he's got it he's gonna be a professional full-time freestyler this dude is crazy not at all you know it was just like Little kids messing around trying to rhyme. Like you say, trying to rhyme blue and true and stumbling over it and saying gibberish and things that don't make sense. And, you know, we, we, we didn't have any skills yet, but we had that passion and that love. And, and most importantly, we were kids. So we were very non judgmental, you know? And that's the thing I was fortunate to start back before, you know, I got those kind of judgmental voices in my head of, Oh, it's not good enough or Oh, it'll never work. It was like, never work. It's already working. We got this $20 Radio Shack mic and we're rhyming blue with true. And we're, we're having the best (laughs) time of our lives, you know? So I kept doing that, man. And I never looked back and, and that's how I got to be able to, to, to be at the level where I'm at now was just through consistent practice and, uh, you know, never falling out of love with it. And I'm still just as in love with it. Every time I freestyle, I feel like I'm 10 years old in Brady's attic with the $20 Radio Shack mic.
3: That's um, that's really interesting. A, b- a bunch of things you mentioned there. One about the one hundred and six and Park yeah. days, which is I feel like for a lot of people that was your kind of entry level for freestyle slash battle rap. Yeah, and in many ways it kind of fell out of the popular zeitgeist for a little bit, and I guess freestyle rap kind of went back underground. Right, and in and in many ways uh, your video going viral and there's there's a number of things I can think of have kind of pushed freestyle and and certainly that style of 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 rap back into the 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 mainstream it's almost like with stuff online there's an audience for everything there's no such thing as something being too niche
1: right right yeah I agree with that 100% man it's uh and I'm, I'm happy that it has come back to the forefront and you know if I've played a role in that then I'm super proud to to say that I have you know I think um uh It's such an amazing art form, you know, and I personally, you know, because like I said, my background is as a jazz musician. Right. And so I'm most inspired by improv, uh, the, the improvisational energy of music, you know, and this concept that you can make something out of nothing. Right. I mean, that's what blew our minds was like. Yo, these people are grabbing things out of thin air, you know, with their minds and just with no pyrotechnics, no fireworks or explosions. They don't even have a band. There's no crazy guitar solo. They're just thinking of things, saying them out loud and blowing people's minds open. And so, um, you know, it, it's 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 magic, you know, freestyling and improv improvising in general, whether it's John Coltrane playing a saxophone solo brilliant melodies coming out of where are they coming from? You know, right? It's like, where does that come from? Um, And that's the same with a freestyle. Sometimes I'll watch it back and be like, I don't know what that was. I don't know how I thought of that. You know, who knows? I felt like it just came through me, you know, and and I think that's contagious. And so the Internet is a super powerful tool. Like you say, you can show people these things that have been happening forever. And all the real hip hop heads and, and freestyle enthusiasts always knew it never went away for us. But but for the mainstream, you know, people after, one hundred and six and Park and Eight Mile, you know, which was also huge for the battle freestyle thing. Uh, after that, buzz kind of trickled off. Um, it did go underground. So I'm, I'm glad we're back, man. We're back in I'd, full um, effect.
3: I, I'd love to hear more about you, uh, your time studying as a jazz drummer. So yeah, I, I also, I also studied music at a school, but Dope. um we only sort of like touched on jazz. Jazz was only a small part of our module. whereas like in my mind, as soon as you said you studied as a jazz drummer. I'm picturing what's that film that is about a jazz super intense. Know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
1: it. it. Yeah, Whiplash. <laughs> it, yeah
2: was your
3: Was your training basically like Whiplash, or was it nowhere near as intense as that?
1: uh no, luckily it wasn't nearly as intense as that. Like that kid like crashes his car trying to make it to the rehearsal or something, right? Teacher's <laughs> like throwing chairs at him. Um, no, I mean I, I I had some intense teachers coming up, you know. Um, Not on that level, but part of the jazz tradition includes that sort of, uh, you know, kind of tough love mentality from the teacher to the student where it's like, you know, you got to get it together. Like, come on, let's go. You're, you're not, you're not doing it, you know? And that's always kind of been a part of the, uh, the sort of jazz tradition you know you hear about you hear stories you know charles mingus just screaming at the band members you know or um you know miles doing all types of crazy really rude mean stuff to people um but luckily i had a lot of uh like nurturing teachers and and people who um who didn't come at it that way and i think you know for me i always responded better to the the more nurturing approach um i think that's healthier you know but Can't be ignored. Big part of the tradition. There is that tough love element. So I had some I had some teachers that would yell at me and stuff or go work on this. Don't come back till you got this, you know, (laughs) and I probably learned from that, too. I think it did kind of kick me into high gear and give me that discipline that that's needed to uh, to make it, you know. Yeah. Well, I
3: I definitely wanted to uh, ask you a little bit more about that, the sort of parallels between those two worlds, because I guess as an outsider, somebody who maybe didn't have an understanding about music, jazz. And freestyle rap team almost like it's black magic, like a uh, right. sort of mis- this uh, mystical art form. But um, right. do you think your jazz training has, has, has helped you make this smooth transition into this?
1: Oh yeah, 100% man Yeah, I mean, they really go hand in hand they're, they're interconnected, you know It's like my jazz drumming and my freestyle rapping Are like the opposite ends of the double helix In my DNA, you know what I mean So they're yeah. always dancing together I always say a freestyle rap Is like a jazz drum solo with words Right? And such a huge part Of freestyling And, and what makes my freestyling Dope to people, I think, right? Um and, you know, just based on what people have told me, right, is is the flow of it. Right. So. So what is flow? Well, when we're, when we're talking about flow in the context of rap. It's um, the way I describe it is, it's everything about the rap other than the actual lyrical content. Right. It's everything about the rap other than the words. So what are you left with if you're not focusing on the words and the lyrical content? You have rhythm right you have melody right so even though we're not singing like right it's not that melody but it still has a melodic shape it's not right it's right so you have that rhythm melody you know inflection there's these accent patterns certain syllables come out at you and you grip on the mic And I'm doing the bra. I get a lot. Right. Whatever. So there's this rhythm, melody, accent patterns. And it's just it's the sound of the rap. And all of that is coming directly from my jazz drumming. Right. So if I used to. So people would be like, man, how can you just keep going like that? you know with your freestyling you know where you just keep coming up with ideas well a huge part of it is because i can do this Right. So it's like I can rhythmically improvise. Forever. You know, that's what yeah. I that's what I've learned how to do as a drummer, and so all I'm doing is adding I, go, I grip it when I grab the mic. I said I'd be the savage type and you start adding your words to it and it, it blends with your language. And uh, so yeah, the jazz part is is huge, man. So
2: you're the first brother out here that's that's using jazz to drum with words basically. Is that what you're saying, <laughs> Harry? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's yeah, that's my approach, man. That's my approach. When yep? when yep.
2: was the first time you put all of this together and you realize that you could hit more than a few lines and just get momentum do you remember the first time you were like hey I'm actually sick at this like I've in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um it, it was so gradual it was so gradual that it's hard to say but there was there were a couple things there was one time in Brady's attic I remember randomly like, it, like eighth grade or something where it was crazy. I was just like rapping about everything in the attic and so And it was like something clicked. It was like, I was actually connecting it and stringing it together seamlessly. And I just remember like the other homies kind of looked at me like, yo, what was that dog? Like that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, so I remember that time. And then I think really though, what it was was like, cause we had a group, you know, me and three other friends and, um, you know, we would make projects and albums and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and when we were in high school, we started like, you know, people started like having house parties and stuff like that when their parents were out of town, you know, and it was like our first time experimenting with, you know, drinking and, and whatever. And, and so... We would go to house parties and stuff like that. And, and we would start to have ciphers like at the house party, which was different because normally it was just like in Brady's attic. You know, this was like this thing that we did and we were all cool with it. And so it was like a safe space for all of us to experiment and mess up and what and try to get better, whatever. But then the house party was different because all of a sudden, even though it was casual and it was optional. Right. There was still an audience like people would come and join around it and they could walk away whenever they wanted, come and go, whatever. So it wasn't like we were on stage and people bought tickets, but it was one step closer to that where it's like, oh, man, like these people don't know our history and what we're working on and they're not going to necessarily be forgiving if we mess up in the same way. And so we kind of started like doing these ciphers and and people liked it. And so we would look around and people were like getting hype and they are like, Oh, that's dope. You (laughs) know? (laughs) And so that was kind of like the big confidence builder in terms of like, all right, it's time to start taking this out of the attic and really uh, get serious about it because you know, maybe we're, we're actually onto something.
2: Yeah, and um, I mean, I, yo, go on, Dev. No, go on, Dev.
3: I, I just, there's, there's so much, like, you keep saying that I keep wanting to uh, ask you about. I you've got, like, such an interesting view uh, yeah. on, like, music in general. But um, it's something I've thought about for a while. I wondered your thoughts on it. I don't think everyone's going to agree with this, but I think enough people that it's, it's a valid point. Yeah. But there seems to be a disconnect between artists who are really good at freestyle and battle rap. Yeah, and then also main uh, like achieving some sort of like mainstream chart success. Yeah, I've seen artists who are incredible at freestyling and coming up with things off their head. Right, when they get in the studio to say write a song, right, there's some sort of disconnect happening there. You've managed to find a way to achieve mainstream success with those freestyles, but I wondered if you had any thoughts on artists who aren't necessarily able to marry the two. There's maybe only three artists that I can think of that I've heard freestyle would be amazing and also do consistently good songs.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I think, um, so I thought a lot about that, you know. Um, I think that basically they're two completely different crafts, right? That's what, I've come to the conclusion over time and putting a lot of thought towards this, like, man, why does that happen? You know, Um, and that's something that I'm up against too. You know, I'm on a very unique path in the sense that uh, You know, I have songs and recordings and stuff like that, but I'm way more known for my freestyling. And so I'm yeah. kind of on this unique career path where I'm sort of seeing what I can build with the freestyling and, and the freestyles then come into the studio and get recorded. And, and, you know, those are songs, but it's a different kind of uh, approach to the whole thing. Right. Where and I'm lucky because I live in this Internet era. You know, I think that's really a big game changer where it's like previously you had to find a way to navigate the pre-existing music industry right so it's like okay you're a great freestyler can we make a hot single? Can we go to radio? Do we have an album? Can we put you on tour and have everybody singing along? You know, and so you had to find a way to convert and fit into that machine. But if your brain wasn't really, you know, oriented to to do like that um, because you were mainly a freestyle improviser, you were kind of stuck. And so luckily I have the Internet Um, and I'm able to, uh, you know, to utilize these tools to just really push the freestyle forward, but yeah, to answer your question, I think they're just two completely different sides of the brain. And, and just to touch on that, you know, um, freestyling is all about non-judgment, right? No such thing as good or bad, always go forward, right? No revision, no editing. If you made a mistake or said something whack, it's gone it disappeared into the cosmos no one ever has to hear it again but what are you doing (laughs) right now and right now and again right now right so it's forward moving and you either are dancing with that moment or you're off you know what i mean and so that's that's it and so the criteria is basically just can you keep it's like you're juggling can you keep those balls up in the air right And don't drop the ball, you know? We're juggling right now. Can you keep it in motion? And if you can keep it in motion, you're killing it, right? On the other hand, writing classic records... Um, is a completely different approach where, of course, there is revision. You do have time to weigh multiple options. Maybe I should start like this. Uh, maybe I should start like this. What am I trying to say? What's the overarching story? You get halfway through it. Should I bring this concept back? Maybe. Let me try it. Uh, let me try. Right? So it's, it's a completely different part of the brain. You are judging and critiquing and, and honing in on, on the eventual song. Whereas freestyling is just like, there's no time to weigh multiple options. The first thing I think of, I'm going to say it with confidence and, and then I'm going to move on. So, yeah, I think um, it's 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 possible to be good at both. But being good at one would by no means indicate automatically that you're good at the other. It's,
3: it's so odd, right? You would assume. Yeah, like, it, it should like, work out perfectly. But for some reason, it doesn't work out like that.
2: Yeah 100% yeah. man And it was it was good seeing It's good seeing you At kind of the top of your game uh, With freestyling Also being able to meet Other people that are like Like you said On the revised side More revised side of rap They're at the top of their game i got a quick clip for you Which I think Is a moment when we can Really hear like The elation in your voice Because you met someone Real special in hip hop One time Harry
4: yeah. I'm great in your yeah. eyes But you're great in mine Because you inspire me You oh, get what I'm saying yeah, When yeah. I see that When I see that hunger it runs me right back to the lab, gives me back on my pen, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So we, we 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 inspire each other, man. Just know oh, that. Man. Definitely keep going for sure. Yo, thank you, man. Sure. Hearing that from you is huge to me, man. This is a huge day for me, so appreciate it. And I just appreciate you letting me come in here and do that, bro. No question. Yeah, so that was Kendrick Lamar. You know, if you, if you couldn't tell by the <laughs> silky voice. Um, so yeah, um, you know, I uh, I was really fortunate to form a relationship with uh jay cruz and and um you know basically the the people who do the cruise show which is a staple um radio show a hip-hop radio show here in los angeles and so um we had done some things together and they were basically they were fans of me and so um you know they would always ask me like oh who are you listening to who's your favorite right now and i was always like kendrick lamar man he's killing it um and so when Kendrick came to the station to, like, do promo, they hit me up, like, morning of. And uh, they were just like, yo, Kendrick's coming by the station. I was like, oh, dope, man. I'll definitely listen. Can't wait to hear the interview. I thought they were just telling me to, like, tune in. And, uh, <laughs> and then they were like, nah, man, like, we want you to come in here and, and do what you did with Joey. I had freestyled with Joey Badass prior to that uh, on the same show. And um, I was like they were like are you down you know and i just like i remember i like put the phone down from my face because i was like <laughs> on my first thought was like no definitely not i was like i'm not ready to i'm not ready to meet him you know what i mean i'm not even ready to like shake his hand and i'm definitely not ready to rap for him you know that those were my two thoughts automatically but then it's like there's only one answer right like what am i gonna say no i'll pass (laughs) um obvious it's it's obvious what what has to happen the time was it was it was live you know the moment was live so i just said yeah you know i'll be there they're like cool be here in half an hour so just like drove over there freestyling super loud in the car like trying to get pumped up you know just blasting beats in my car rapping about the freeway exit signs and stuff and then uh (laughs) and then yeah pulled up and um Uh, the crazy thing was I got in the elevator with my friend Edgar Preciado who worked at the station at the time he was the one who kind of brought me into the fold with the cruise show and so we were going up the elevator and like we were kind of like quiet like I think they it's a big moment even for the station when Kendrick comes through because he called like morning of and was like yo I'm coming to do promo and they were like oh clear the schedule he can do that you know Um, and so like we were kind of just quiet and I was like yo man like so you guys ran it by him and He's cool with it. And he was like, nah, bro, I think we're just going to do it. And so I was instantly like... So nervous Cause I was like Alright On the one hand It's definitely gonna happen That's dope Cause a lot of times You'll show up for something like this And then like Ah sorry Like we couldn't We couldn't make it happen Like thanks for coming anyway So I was stoked that it was like Not gonna be a waste of time Or anything And like I, I wasn't gonna get my hopes up For nothing But then on the other hand It's like Well what if he's not feeling it Or what if it's the wrong energy What if he doesn't wanna hear A freestyle from this random dude That he's never heard of That's just like Crashing his interview Um But High off for of Jay, Cause we rode it. I told it one time, every Mac, the mic, I'm about to slay it. He answered two out of three, so he ain't have to
4: pay it. And hey, one time, every Mac, I'm in the state of Zen. Rip again and again. It's off top, I need no pen. Yo, I'm in my zone when I'm on it. I hit him like a missile I wish I had the bracelet with the crystals. But Mac ain't got money. Right now I ain't paid. Every rapper getting slayed. I'ma make his frame decay one time. And hey, yo, I cut the like surgery. Someone throw another word at
1: me. You heard what ended up happening right there in the audio clip, and uh, you know, it's kind of amazing that there's a recording of it. Because if not for that recording, I wouldn't have remembered what happened. I basically blacked out for that experience (laughs) because I was just so, I was so overwhelmed. Um, That was such a crazy look at that point. That was in 2017. I I told you my first video was December 2016. Um, So like the world had only known about Harry Mack for for months, several months. And uh, and so, yeah, just to be able to meet him and rap for him and have him say those things to me was like just life changing. For sure. It was insane, man. So,
2: man, he got, he got you to rhyme llama as well, which I think was a bit of a cheap shot. Kendrick, I think that was a bit mean out there.
1: You, you did it, though. <laughs> I'm getting lifted off the marijuana, hit the cruncher and the ganja, yama yama red pajama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said yama yama red pajama for some reason. I saw the double L and I went like Spanish pronunciation. And messed me up, dude. You came out of there.
2: Yeah. What What did you do after that, man?
1: uh after that I went home and I felt bad about myself because I thought I blew it I I just like I, I this thing happens for me right and so to all the artists out there that are dealing with something like this it's it's normal uh take it from me but yeah this this thing it used to happen to me a lot more where um I just whatever it was whenever I finished performing especially if it was a big opportunity my brain went negative on it um and it would just be like ah that was you didn't do it you didn't do what needed to be done like it was whack same thing happened when i like went on the ellen show and did that i was like ah it was weak i didn't do it i didn't do it um and like so i would have this thing and then the people around me would like be like what nah dude I, i bet you're tripping man it's probably gonna be fine It's probably going to be fine. Um, And so like, I remember I called my mom and I was like, yeah, like I had this crazy opportunity with Kendrick Lamar, but I don't think I really brought it like that. Like, I I don't know. I'm I'm nervous to see it back. Um, So basically, like just to be keep it 100, it was like it's that imposter syndrome thing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. So it's like, (laughs) right. And a lot of people deal with this, you know, especially people who are who are, you know, finally taking that courageous step to do their own thing and carve out their own path in the world. You know, you start having some success and you feel like this can't be right. Like, I don't deserve this success. This can't be me. You know, he said those nice things. He can't be talking about me. Like, maybe he's just BSing me right now because he didn't want it to be awkward or you know, you get these sort of negative voices that I guess just, you know, are are, are the result of, you know, your whole childhood growing up and teachers and and who knows what, you know, but um, wherever those voices come from, a lot of us struggle with that, you know, and so uh, <laughs> so to be real with you, that's what happened after the Kendrick appearance. Luckily, the video came out like the next day and uh, I remember my manager at the time just hit me up and he was like dude I'm never he was like I'm never listening to you again <laughs> after a performance I'm never listening to you I'm literally just gonna be like Harry stop just stop talking nobody cares You're, you killed it you did fine And so, um, you know, since then, I've gotten a lot better with that whole thing. You know, I I, it's it's really a matter of building self-confidence and and, uh, you know, self-love and owning, you know, what you've accomplished and, and remembering to celebrate, you know, the victories along the way. I think as artists, we're so forward like got To get better, what's next? What's next? How do we level up? Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a lot easier on myself now, and uh, but yeah. but yeah, man, appreciate your honesty yeah. there, man. There's
2: a
3: there's that a feet, fascinating yeah. to hear that. Someone who has experienced like a lot of success to still afterwards, still after some of your biggest moments, be like, I don't know, man, I don't know, yeah. if I got it, but I suppose that keeps like spurring you on to want to keep doing better as well, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm somebody who, uh, you know ever since I sort of fell in love with music as a kid, I've been somewhat, um, I mean, I've been obsessed, you know what I mean? And, and I would even venture to say I'm, I'm maybe even a little addicted to practice, right? Um, I love practicing so much. Um, ever since, uh, you know, my first instrument was the violin, which my parents kind of chose. They were just like, I was seven and they were like, oh, he's, you know, I would like drum on the, high chair table and stuff. And I would vibrate when the music turned on and they're like, all right, this guy, I think he wants to do some music stuff. You know, uh, he seems like he's got something. No one in my family is musical, but uh, really, I mean, not like um, my sister played some instruments and stuff, but none of them really stuck with it. Um, so, my parents were like, let's start some music lessons. How's the violin? And I was like, okay, because I was seven. Uh, And it was great. And I enjoyed it. And I learned a lot, you know, but my dad had to kind of like, tell me to practice. And sometimes he would get frustrated because I didn't want to practice. And I was throwing a tantrum and stuff. He's like, we bought this violin, you know, whatever. And then, uh, but then when I was like 10, around the same time I started rapping, I realized I want to play the drums. And so that's when I kind of like, you know, begged my parents to let us have a drum set in the house. And they were super supportive. My family has always been super, super supportive. really lucky because that's not always the case but um yeah we got to have a uh, you know I finally got to have my drum set and from that moment really um the violin was cool and I practiced and stuff but when I got the drums no one had to tell me to practice the tables turned my parents had to beg me to stop practicing like you got we got to have dinner now you got to stop you know you have homework to do you got to stop and I think from that moment on um you know I just uh, I love practicing and I I think you know I was never really good at sports like I was always like picked last in gym and stuff like that classic story of that kid feeling all bad about himself you know I was afraid of the ball I don't have that bird's eye view of like I just can't visualize team sports man I just can't I can't be in it I have a huge respect for it you know I love watching basketball games and stuff like that Um, but I just you know it wasn't my thing and so that was always kind of traumatic for me having to be on the soccer team you know and just being bad at it and like not and then you start to resent it you know and so I found music and I was like oh this is dope because I get to practice and improve but I don't have that anxiety of I don't want to let the team down you know what I mean I don't have to you know there's nobody else counting on me so to speak it's just me competing with my previous level from yesterday that's it Right. And so I can do this and just I can invest time and energy and get incrementally better, but I'm only competing with myself. And so that took all the pressure away. And um, and I just I fell in love with it. And so. So, yeah, when, when we talk about, you know, that sort of uh, feeling of, you know, oh maybe I didn't do good enough, kind of, you know, like you mentioned, pushing me forward to continue to improve, Um Yeah, 100%. I'm always trying to get better. I always feel like there's so much more for me to learn. And it's funny because back in 2017, when I first started doing videos, people were like, this is the dopest freestyling. It can't get any better than this, you know? And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, there's lots of guys that I think are better than this, you know, that, that I look up to. But second of all, I'm just getting started, you know, like I wasn't even doing this, like in to this level of hustle, you know, back in a year ago, you know? And so, uh, man, I practice every day and, and I'm always improving. And then on the new videos, people are like, how is he getting better? And I'm just like, yo, <laughs> what do you guys not understand? Like, this is uh this is what it is. I'm always going to be reaching for the next thing. You know, I hear that and, man. And well, um,
2: we're in that,
3: uh, that like kind of headspace of practice. There is yeah. something weird that happens regardless of how much you might practice, how much you might perform in front of people. I'm sure it's, it, almost never happens to you now, but the idea of the choke. Yeah. It's got to be a constant threat. Considering that you are making up what you're rapping about on the spot, that is sort of always there in the background. Yeah. What's your worst, what's your worst choke you've ever had? Um,
1: I haven't had any like really bad ones in a, in a long time. And I'll, I'll talk about why, but, um, But uh, yeah, definitely when I was younger, I had some some epic ones. The the worst one was we were in Portland. uh, We were in we were still in. Middle school. Yeah. Seventh, eighth grade. Maybe it's a crazy, it's crazy uh, that I've been rapping since back then. And like actually doing shows and making little albums and stuff with my pubescent <laughs> voice, all high pitch. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, me and Brady, like we were part of this organization in, in Portland called ethos, which was really dope. It was like a music lessons center basically. And, uh, you know, they offered like a lot of scholarships for kids who couldn't afford lessons and stuff like that. And, uh, They're just a super dope nonprofit organization in Portland. And so we found out that they had like turntablism classes and stuff. And so Brady was like getting into DJing. And um, the same way I begged my parents for the drum set, he begged his parents for like the, you know, used set of turntables and the little mixer or whatever. And so he had his setup and uh, he started taking lessons at ethos from this guy uh, named Paul, DJ Apostle. Um, shout out to him. I have no idea if he's still active or what he's doing, but he was huge for us because this, this dude, DJ apostle saw, you know, our passion and love for it. And, uh, he was like, yo, these two little, like (laughs) what these like two little white kids in seventh grade, like loving this hip hop stuff and, and just going so hard. And, and he was like, all right, like come use the studio you know, anytime. And you guys can like make your records and stuff. So we would, we, we had this relationship with ethos. And what ended up happening was they did this big benefit concert at the Aladdin theater, which is like a 2000 seat, you know, venue in Portland. And, uh, we were opening for this big group called uh, pink martini. Um, who's this like great, like, you know, professional, um, like Latin music, uh, you know, like Afro-Cuban music, um, ensemble. So All the kids from Ethos, like the standout kids, the best students or whatever, got to do like a a song. You know, we got to like do five minutes leading up to this show. And it was like a sold out show. Two nights sold out in a row at the Aladdin Theater. We're in in seventh grade. Me and Brady just like, we're going to have to rock a sold out Aladdin Theater. Two thousand people. So there's a dress rehearsal before the show. Right. And um. We go. I had just written the song. We wanted to do a new song, so I had just written it like up to the last minute. This was a critical Mm. lesson, yeah. (laughs) But I forgot to. I forgot to leave time to memorize it. Right. So it's like I was so obsessed with making it super dope, and then it got to the point where it's just like, all right, well now you got to do it, and I wasn't gonna have my notebook up there. So I just remember the beat dropped, and I just stood there with the mic. You know, it was like an eight mile. Like I just like. And I knew the words weren't going to come to me. And I was digging through my brain and then you start panicking and it's even worse. And I just like muttered a few words, tried something. I couldn't really freestyle yet like that. So I was like, I didn't have that option. Nowadays I just start freestyling, but I, uh, (laughs) I just couldn't, I I couldn't do it. And so um, we were supposed to be the last group before pink martini and we showed up to the actual gig. Um, and they had switched the order. We were going to go very first, you know, they got nervous and, and they changed the whole order up. So that was a really bad one, but I learned from it, man. And I practiced that verse so many times that week. My, like my parents were like super proud of me too, from how I reacted to it. Cause I was just like, I'm not messing this up. Luckily it was bad rehearsal. Good gig. Right. That's, that's, the, that's so how the want old it. saying goes. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's, so you want that's it. the way
3: around you want it. Yeah. That's yeah. The way around. You, you, you said you were going to explain why that doesn't happen now. Why we oh, yeah. like, massively reduce the chances of you choking now?
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't. Um, this is going to sound weird and this is not like some ego thing. I'll, I'll explain what I'm talking about. I couldn't really choke now like that. Um, that would be insane i can't imagine what that would be at this point and and here's why there's a a really great i mean famous um you know jazz pianist uh bill evans who played on uh you know kind of blue with miles davis he's one of the greats um and so he said this thing once where uh he was talking about this kind of blue recording session and this is like the most famous jazz recording session that's ever occurred kind of blue is like probably the most important jazz album that's ever existed, you know? Um, and he said, like, you know, you never know when that's going to happen. That level, right, of greatness where you're just everything is working. Everyone is on the same wavelength. And, you know, he, he said, I think it was that session. He was like, we didn't even really talk to each other, like on the breaks, because we were just like, let's not mess this up. Like whatever this energy is, it's too sacred. You know what I mean? Like, don't, it was just like, he said, like, they would just take the brace. Everyone would just kind of like look at each other and then like go off and like like, come back and be like, are we still in it? And and, and then, you know, and, and and so, you know, that's the goal, right? That's like the ultimate flow state inspired, like true improvisation. Everything is working, right? That's the goal. And so what Bill Evans said that really spoke to me a lot was like, you have no idea when that's going to happen. And that usually doesn't happen. But we're all professionals at a high level who have dedicated our lives to learning how to do this. So on our worst days, when we're the furthest from this that we could possibly be right, when we're the furthest from that kind of blue level, um, we're still at a very acceptable, very proficient Professional level so on our kind of, worst day. So kind of like right? that
2: Michael Jordan when he had the flu game and he still managed yeah. to hit X amount of <laughs> points for the Bulls. Okay, all right,
1: exactly, exactly, right. Like Michael Jordan couldn't have like a uh, uh, he couldn't choke really. He could have a worse game or like a oh for him that wasn't really that good, right? But there's just too much foundation. Right. There's way too much foundation. And so um, that's kind of like for me, like if, if someone was like, hey, freestyle, like, you know, um, I could be in a horrible mental state. Maybe I just like got in a fight with my girlfriend or something or there's something going on with a family member. You know, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I'm sick. Right. If all that stuff aligned at once, it would definitely not hit that uh, <laughs> that kind of blue level. Right. But I still wouldn't just hold the mic and not have anything to say, Mm -hmm. right? Um, On my worst day, I can say, yo, yo, I'm having my worst day. Still, I'm about to find a little something to say. I'm right here. Yeah, I'm keeping it clear. I mean, I can ramble and rhyme. Right. I can ramble in rhyme and it will be acceptable and it will work. Um, Will it be like, oh, yo, that was crazy. Gary Mack is sick with freestyles. Not necessarily. But you'll be like, all right, that was nice. And so um, that's the 18 years of practice. That's what you get. Right. And so I tell a lot of my students or people that I've worked with on freestyling and stuff that, To do it at a really high level, whatever you consider that to be, requires an immense amount of patience Mm -hmm. because at every stage of learning from the most elementary phase of basic single syllable rhyming connections, recognizing that hand rhymes with sand, for example, right? You have to practice that level to the point of mastery, right? To the point of effortless mastery, which is, you know, a book by the jazz pianist, Kenny Warner, where he talks about, it needs to feel as easy as breathing, right? It needs to feel as easy as walking, right? Walking is something that you can always do in the background. You could be on the phone, having this intense conversation, arguing with somebody or talking about this big decision about whatever is coming up at work, right on the phone. And your brain is totally there. Meanwhile, your feet are still doing this. Right. Without any of your brain, it doesn't feel like any of your conscious brain is is controlling that right foot. Now, left foot. Now. Right. And then there's a break in the sidewalk and it does this and you navigate it perfectly. And then you hear this car coming out of nowhere. You check, make sure it's not going to hit you. You navigate that hop over a puddle, walking all in the background. Right. And so at every stage of freestyling, it's not about practicing it till you can kind of do it or till you can do it well a few times in a row. My whole thing is I I try to practice every stage until it's walking. I can do it in the background. So with basic rhyming and, and the sort of basic techniques that I use, I could be having a terrible day and thinking about something else entirely. And in the background, I'd still be going, hey, I'm still right here, spitting clear. Mac about to hit you in the ear like a spear. I'm on, coming too strong with the songs. Light up the fuse, then I'm dropping the bomb. I'm all in it. My freestyle's infinite. I've never been to. And it's just, I don't even know what that is. I'm <laughs> rambling in rhyme, you know? I'm rambling in rhyme. 18 years.
2: So like, yeah. so, like, I suppose that means when you got kind of, when the world got hit with this whole COVID thing earlier this year, yeah. Your transition in was kind of, I felt like it was quite fluid because we I remember seeing you, uh, Venice Beach, just coming up yeah. to people, randoms and rapping to them or somewhere else uh, in yeah. the world. And then when COVID came along, we had to stay inside. So you needed a new way to replicate bumping into people, right? So the way you did that was, that's interesting. you talk us through that? Because that's, bring, that's bringing like a whole new flavor of freestyle to the internet.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Um, You know, it's kind of funny. So I used to, when I was doing uh, those public freestyles, right, where I was approaching strangers in public places, um, we call that Gorilla Bars. That's the name of the series online. So I used to, you know... I wasn't really like uh, being the most efficient content creator. Anytime I wanted to do a Gorilla Bars episode, I would think of it. All right, let's do an episode. And then I would be like, all right, let's pick a place, Venice Beach. All right, let me see if my friend can film it. Okay, cool. Let's go out there, film it, go back. I'll edit it, da-da-da, get it ready, post it. And then we have nothing, you know, and it's like... All right, let's go make another one. And so I was always starting from the very beginning all the way to the end. And I realized it was slowing me down a lot. And I was kind of trying to do them pretty regularly. And so I was like, all right, you know, let's let's finally let's finally do this content creation thing like for real, you know. And so I was like, let me do at the beginning of 2020 a whole bunch of Gorilla Bars Shoots, You know, let me go out and just film all through January, February, just back to back weekends, just going out and getting a ton of footage and then I'll chop it up and kind of like dispense it out slowly, you know, in the coming weeks. So that's what we did. So in January and the first half of February, I filmed a ton of public freestyle content coincidentally. And then like a week after the last shoot that I had scheduled, it was like quarantine. Right. Can't go outside anymore. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy, right? Total coincidence. I can't act like I planned it, (laughs) but I was sitting on this thing and I was like, whoa, like, should I even put this out? Like, is it rude to put this out? Like, Hey, look what I have, you know, cause every <laughs> I mean, outside for weeks enjoying yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> every content creator was like pivoting. It was like, yeah. damn, or like production was like, scree- like screeched to a halt. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh snap. <laughs> so, that worked out well right and and i was able to actually continue releasing gorilla bars footage and we actually i realized that like you know i time filmed I, I would put the filming dates like in the upper corner um because i didn't want people to get the wrong idea that i was just out there like oh i don't care or, or whatever you know um because, you know, there's a certain responsibility that comes with creating content as well, in my opinion. And so I didn't want to mislead people or make them think that it's all good when when maybe it's not. Um, so so I didn't have to pivot right away. But um, as you say, eventually I, I did. You know, that footage started to dry up and, you know, the vault started to wear thin. And so I realized, like, man, I got to figure out what the next move is. And I, I had already been doing a lot of live streaming and stuff, even prior to COVID I've been streaming for, for a year or two, you know, just, um, it fits in so well with what I do in terms of people just typing random words in the chat and me grabbing those and freestyling about the random words and stuff. Um, but the thing that's magical about the gorilla bars is they're strangers and they don't know me and they don't, necessarily assume that it's going to be good right nine out of i mean most of the 99 percent of the time somebody approaches you on the street and says yo can i rap for you you're probably like oh okay like (laughs) yeah (laughs) have i got (laughs) any (laughs) money in my pockets that's (laughs) all i'm thinking where's the (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, exactly let me sign it for you no i don't want to oh i just signed it for you you know that whole scam so like um so yeah like uh so that was the whole magic of it is, is converting, you know, skeptics to, uh, to believers, you know, live on camera. That was, that was the whole thing. And so, um, there's this site, uh, <laughs> called Amigal right? And so basically it's this weird website where you get randomly paired with other people on video chat. Um, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so... so for,
3: any, for any of our listeners, by the way, who've never been onto that website seven out of ten times in my experience it's yeah. been a guy sat there with his cock out yeah
2: yeah, yeah I'm not saying yeah.
3: you can't find like people to chat to and it's not an interesting site yeah. but at least seven out of ten times it's been a guy sat there with his cock out and the
2: next yeah, two are somebody who's about to so they're just waiting there to see if you're the right person or not <laughs> right and exactly the, the, the disappointment red- in their
3: face when they see it's me as well and not like some 20 <laughs> year old hottie <laughs> yeah
1: right because the 20 year old hotties flock to the website yeah. where the picks <laughs> are out right um (laughs) Yeah, so like, yeah, Amigo is sketch. It's super sketch. But here's the thing, though. They have made a massive improvement, which is now you can type in um, tags for different like themes or interests. And so I'll type in music. I shouldn't even spill the beans on it because I'm trying not to have people find me on there. But you know, just general topics th- uh, that are not dicks, you know. Um, so <laughs> you just type like in not dicks. Just type like in yeah. not dicks. As a type. <laughs> yeah, I should try that actually. That's <laughs> hilarious. But, yeah, you know, movies, TV, fashion, whatever, just yeah. anything, you know. And I don't only do music because I want non-musicians. I just want normal people on there. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, like that eliminates. Ninety nine percent of the dicks. Like I, wow. I, still see some. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you never every, get
3: rid of all the dicks, though. You are you? Know, no, I you never. We're gonna get In rid of life, all the
1: dicks. you are never gonna get rid of. It. There's always gonna be a dick somewhere uh, waiting for you. But um, yeah. So I. Uh, but amazingly, it cleans it up drastically. Uh, there's still a lot of weirdos, but but a lot less uh, nudity. So um, you know. Uh, but it's it's actually man, it's 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 been incredible. Like I uh, I had no idea what to expect. I resisted it for a long time because same reason I didn't know about the tagging, and I was like I don't know if I want to subject myself to all that, you know. Um, but but uh, it's it's the the content that we've gotten from it is awesome. I mean, I never thought a I, I took for granted the fact that it would be so international. You know, so now I'm freestyling, not just for strangers at Venice Beach. Granted, there are a lot of tourists at Venice Beach and stuff like that. But but I'm literally rapping for somebody in India. I'm rapping for this group of friends in Morocco. I'm rapping for people in the UK. I'm rapping for people in South America, Mexico, all over the world. And um, so that was really, really special. And the other thing that I didn't realize was going to happen is that some of the content is actually kind of emotional because there's it's so difficult right now to have interactions with strangers. There are so yes. few opportunities to have interactions with strangers. You might still have your social distanced get togethers with friends and stuff like that. But what's the modern equivalent of being at a crowded bar on a random night and meeting somebody, you know, or connecting with another group of friends? What's the, the modern equivalent right now of just being in a crowded park where everybody's picnicking and you strike up a conversation with the person next to you on the bench? You know, we don't really get to do that right now very often and so this was a way that like that was happening and even for me i was like mad inspired like after doing it for the first day i was like whoa like that's this whole different energy that that has kind of been sort of squeezed out by covid and uh and so watching some of the clips it's it's actually weirdly even though there's nothing like sad about it or anything just watching it kind of like almost made me emotional and other people have had that same reaction and been like, man, like that video really moved me. And it's funny because there's a dude doing freestyle bars about giraffes and whatever, (laughs) whatever word they throw out, you know, uh, like it's not whatever, but, 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 um, but it's, it's important right now, you know, I think, and, and there's a, there's a lot of smiles that are shown on camera. There's a lot of upliftment and, and, and just, you know, that's the magic of improv and that's the magic of freestyling is, is it reminds everybody what it felt like to be a kid. And so we're just kind of trying to show that.
2: I hear that, man. What's what's one of the funniest things that's happened on your Meagle streams? Because I love the interactions beforehand and afterwards with the people you bump into.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of crazy stuff. In the first episode, there's this dude wearing this like crazy clown mask and playing guitar. And he's just like, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, the craziest thing is there's the uh, I ran into this thing called Puppet World. Um, this guy just had like all these puppets like a crowd of puppets he was off screen and he has this like voice adjuster and so there was this like puppet the main one was named Corky it's the creepiest thing and he was just like hi welcome to puppet world and i was like yo what is this and so i freestyle for the pu- the puppets threw me three words and i freestyled about them it's uh. crazy. yeah <laughs> yeah he's ever, so really,
3: like, he's ever a really nice guy and a potential children's tv host or he's a serial killer
1: exactly it's one way or the other right? there's no middle ground there's no middle ground there it's either really great or really terrifying
2: yeah that's crazy <laughs> So what's the lockdown situation out there like there over in L.A.? Because, you know, we're on lockdown, too, over here in the U.K., Harry.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, this whole social distancing thing. Certain things are open, but like to very limited capacity. We have outdoor dining. Barber shops are like 25 percent capacity or something like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, we've been getting tested and stuff like that too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole different world, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think, um, in the beginning, there was a lot of like, all right, well like, man, I wonder when it goes back to normal now I don't even know like what is normal. Is there going to be a new normal, you know? And I'm basically, I'm not, um, First of all, I feel very fortunate because of the type of creator that I am. Um, it works really well virtually, and it works again and again and again. Right? If I was a singer songwriter with a with even if I had a twenty song set list, you can't go live four times a week. You know what? You, you know you could go live once a month and hype it up. You know and it, let me play a couple new ones. You know right? Um, but. I'm in a really lucky position because I I can, the whole point of my type of creativity is that it's just this fountain that as long as you can throw me words, I can throw you back raps, you know? So it's, it's sort of infinite, just like a jazz improviser can solo forever in theory. So, um, so that has helped me a lot and and so um, luckily and I feel I really feel for a lot of my friends in music who were just gigging as their main way of making money and now there's no gigs you know and, and they don't necessarily create the type of music that can be streamed every other night you know Um so You know, all that all that said in the beginning was like, when do we go back to normal now? I'm not really looking at it that way. I'm just like, okay, day by day, figure out how to have my career, you know, and, and have this continue to work and where I can continue to be creative and uh you know hopefully monetize my creativity as much as possible so i can survive mm-hmm. and uh and that's it but i don't know if we're gonna have another coachella you know or big music festival or when when does that happen and what does that even look like you know yeah. so yeah. yeah isn't that
2: mad thinking about talking, explaining just that, just to explain that to the,
1: the younger that, generation that. oh go on Dev. yeah
2: they won't, even know,
3: they won't even know what it is man it's, it's, it's crazy just, just to expand on that a little bit Harry, and you can stop me if I'm talking shit or not but you 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 come across to me as the type of person who rather than what can I change about myself in order to fit in you've sort of looked at it like right where in this like mad industry and online world where can I like where can I choose to uh, showcase my talents and fit in yeah with everything that's happened this year. Has it made you rethink some of your aspirations, some of your plans for the future, because we're maybe for the first time certainly in, in in our generation, it's something that we're all experiencing at the same time, yeah, and conversations that I'm having with people around me we're all having to m- make brand new decisions and kind of like slightly adjust the course of where we plan to get to, so I was just wondering where, where, where you're at with that
1: yeah, so in this in this weird way um as tragic as COVID has obviously been, you know, and, 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 you know, if I could end it right now by pressing a button, I'd do it 1000%. We all would. Right. Um, in, in some ways, creatively speaking and in terms of like my career path, um, it's actually sort of helped me in a sense because I'm the type of artist that doesn't fit in with the old structure. Right. Like, I don't fit in with the pre-existing record label, hot single, go to radio, blow up, do a tour, ride the wave for eight years and then buy, retire, right? Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. And and so that's the reason why even in 2017 with the videos and stuff, as popular as they were becoming, it wasn't like Def Jam called me or like Columbia Records called me and was like, let's do this, you know, because um, they're like, yeah, he's super talented. We'll see if, you know, can he make songs? Can he do what we do to make money as companies, right? Can this person be used in our system so that we can make money, basically, right? I mean, that's labels want artists that can make them money, understandably. Um, I don't fit in with that. So my whole thing is like I'm in this whole other lane. And now with covid. Right. And and it sucks that it has to be something like covid that 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 was the catalyst for this. But here we are. Right. With covid, all of the old structures are being questioned because we don't know what tomorrow is gonna look like we don't know if we'll ever go back to any of these old structures music festivals tours is that coming back when is that coming back how does it work right everything is up in the air and so for somebody like me it levels the playing field where it's just like all right nobody knows what the future of being a professional musician and an entertainer looks like i don't know right but let me try some stuff and I'm, I'm just doing what works for me. And and that's what I've found is for me to be happy as a human being, I have to lean into what works for me. Any of the times where I've tried to force the other thing and let me figure out how to get signed on a label and have a hot song. I still think that could happen theoretically. Right. I think I, I think I do have hot songs and I think I'll have more. Right. But um. I don't want to try to force that just because that's some pre-existing structure that everyone is told you have to fit in with. Now, everything's up in the air. Look at us now. What what we think of as stable today could be completely gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, we got to learn how to dance. And and I I personally like that because you know, who knows how a freestyler, uh, has a sustainable long-term career. Has anybody really done that yet? You know, very few people have done that. Um, of course there are those who have, uh, you know, supernatural and, and juice and King Low and people like that. Um, but, uh. But yeah, so did that make sense?
2: 100 percent that makes sense. I think oh, I think the key the key to, to being successful now definitely <clears throat> is being nimble because that's the only way that people can really manage what changes right. you know like, like like I said, we've got a different world situation here in the UK to you have over in the West Coast right but we can, we can't even I'd, I'll be honest like in in terms of business and life, we can't really plan past the next month here in the UK maybe before we were yeah. thinking about yeah. 2021 but not really at the moment so I guess it's just being able to to, to tweak what we can and so that we can still be creative and i think you know we're blessed to be in creative jobs and it's we still need people a big conversation over here in the uk has been needing people to entertain us and needing those that are in the arts to be supported as well because one thing that's getting us through lockdown is having people to entertain us and create content for us like Mm. yourself like we try and do for our audience as well so that's super important that makes total sense harry
1: definitely definitely Right, so uh,
2: I think we'd all be fools if you didn't think we were going to ask you not to freestyle for us today, Harry, after you gave us that <laughs> smack talk about you are on your zenith right now, right? You could rap on your worst <laughs> day.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: How do you want to play ready, this? Then? Man. How do you want to play it? How do we do this? All right. So, so I got beats. So, you guys just got to give me some inspo, man. Can I get some words from you guys? Okay, cool. Like, does it all
2: have right. to just be singular podcast words or do we have to be like, how, how, how strict is it? I
1: mean,
2: there's no rules, man. There's no rules. We're making <laughs> it up right now. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, um, podcast, obviously, because that's what you're on right now, man. Yep. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. Come quote. Come quiet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you
3: came. All right. Brexit, <laughs> Brexit, Brexit. 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 a headline about
2: Brexit, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Um, podcast Come Quiet, Brexit, let me get one more. Um, how about How to Kill an Hour? You got to put How to Kill an Hour in there as well, right?
1: Yeah. How to yeah, Kill yeah, an yeah. Hour. All right, podcast Come Quiet, Brexit and How to Kill an Hour. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna... like to a How to
3: Kill an Hour podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's I'm going to do... mute myself then. All right. Oh, hold up, hold up. I got to switch this to the... Uh, Harry, second, Harry just on. in
2: case, are you able to record this on your side as well? We'll edit this bit out. Is there, Or is that awkward?
1: Uh, if you can't, it's cool. I think I can... Hold on, hold on. Let me just... I just got to get iTunes coming out the right uh, speakers. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yep. All right, let's see about now. Um hold on let me just sorry guys, we're gonna get this. That's we're cool, get man. This. this is what it's good about. Technical editing. difficulties. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's see. Come quite dev, fucking also. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. There we go. Alright, alright, alright. We ready? Alright, cool. Here we go.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one, two, one, two, ah. Uh, yeah, one, two, one, two, ah. Uh, yeah, one, two, one, two, uh, ah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yo, turn the mic up a level and let the guard blast, I'm reporting live all up on your podcast, uh, entering all types of zones, y'all can hear my voice clear through the microphone, man, I wish we was together all up in the same room, but COVID came through, so we had to use Zoom, yeah, we solving problems and we using them remedies, even though it's on the screen, I'm I'm feeling your energy, yeah. You stepping in correct Mac, you a dead man. I can share more energy through my webcam than most of these rappers can share in real life. Anytime I'm fitting lyrics, I cut through like steel knife, yeah. hey yo, they said dog, you gotta let the verse lay. You just told us you could still spit on your worst day. Uh, lyrics, I'm reporting them to you. I still score man points like I'm Jordan with the flu, yeah. And y'all know I'm a rhyme for you. Hey yo, we gon' read. That level though of kind of blue Yeah, I'm about to let you all know what I meant I said right now we gon' hit 110% Let's take it there Yeah, let's take it there Yeah, they step to me I don't make it fair Yeah, i make it real Hey, I'm about to spill Hey, I said don't spread it like the COVID Cause my lyrics is ill I break it down for my folks While I shine like a sunspot Matter of fact, my lyrics They be juicy like kumquat Anytime I'm spitting People know when I'm so loose Yeah, I be fresher than your favorite produce When it comes to spitting I be causing more More panic, Good for your health like kumquats when they organic, uh, and y'all know that I'm flowing with ease, kinda like a kumquat, it's growing from trees, what's growing from trees? Well I'm talking my skill, and I'm talking my paper, cause I'm paying my bills, yeah, talking my mentality, it grows from the roots, I said I got the type of lyrics that they couldn't compute, y'all know I shine like a necklace, your vibe I affect this, my flow infectious, I'm controversial like Brexit, yeah, and y'all know that I'm really spitting flames, word to Brexit, these rappers getting out the game. Yeah, they removing themselves from all ties When it comes to lyrics, y'all know that I'm all wise Uh, thinking about Brexit, it got me stressed Cause when I read articles, it sounds like a mess Yeah, but yo, I be living in the US So if you wanna talk a mess, mine'll leave you depressed Come on, I keep it honest every time that I spit Anytime I'm kicking lyrics, they be throwing the fit I got the power, rappers turn sour, they get devoured I'm about to show you all how to kill an hour It makes... My freestyle skills are infinite, so I can keep rhyming like this for 60 minutes. I gotta do a whole separate episode. It's just me, Henry Mac letting go. They're like we ain't even have a chance to ask no questions. He went for an hour from the microphone testing. I rhyme off suggestions, I use your words. Anytime I spit my lyrics, it's so fast that it's blurred. Yeah, hey yo, y'all know they a friend of my rap. How to kill an hour, y'all. We gon' end it like that. H-Mah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you the whole show. Stop. You the whole
5: show.
2: Nah, nah. The fact that you have to listen to this podcast no. to understand what you just sewed into that—that's right, Harry right. man. <laughs> that's unfair managed to get in the children with the flu like that's crazy
1: that's crazy appreciate y'all man I forgot
2: we even spoke oh, about that bro how are you just yo,
1: putting that and making that rhyme? crazy he's throwing
2: in like footnotes footnotes
4: from the podcast like, the <laughs> <It's>
1: like, no. <laughs> I wanted to give the little spark notes you know for, for those who don't have time to listen to the whole thing so there you go you know but I hope they do li- they better listen to the whole thing yo, hell yeah is, is, hell yeah is,
3: has Harry like the whole time been making mental notes that everything we are yeah. talking about just to put in the face uh,
1: you know what <laughs> it's funny and a that. lot of people a lot of people say that um, but I don't I don't do that I um With, with, with improv, you quickly learn anything that you plan ahead is going to mess you up. So, um, and, and I, I learned that early on, just being in the cipher when the other dude was rapping, you're thinking like, what's my first line going to be? You're looking around the room. Oh, I'm going to reference that. Oh, that'll be dope. Okay. I'm going to reference that. And then as soon as he passes you the mic, you try to say what you thought would be your first line and you mess up. And then you instantly like, well, that's out. And then you start freestyling and improvising for real. Real and, and it's, and it's great, right? So it's like, like like we said, there are two different mindsets. There's writing and there's improvising, and they don't really go together in this, in the same, in the same bag. So, um, when you're planning out stuff in advance, like if we were talking and I was thinking of lyrics, I'd be writing. Right, trying to get it right ahead of time. And then I gotta perform it correctly and you know, when I'm improvising, there's no such thing as a mistake. I'm making it up right now. So so yeah. yeah.
2: No doubt. Oh, yeah. Man, that was dope, man. Thank
1: you so much. No, nah, thank man. you, man. That was
2: awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Man. Super dope. Where do you want us to be looking for you online? Where do you wanna send us, man?
1: Uh, I think the, the biggest platform for me right now is YouTube, youtube.com slash Harry Mac, but I'm everywhere, man at Harry Mac. I'm on IG. I'm on Spotify. H A R R Y M A C K.
2: Man, I just you know what? I hope things clear up and you can come over here because I, I feel like a Harry Mack tour. People would I'd pay to see you freestyle, man. I'll yeah, be down, for that. Yeah, I'll be we'll down, be down for that. Let's man. go. I'll be down for that. Man, like maybe you'll, maybe this is the future. Maybe it's not about concerts where we know the words. Maybe it's about concerts where we don't know the words. We're just throwing com quats at you. You're catching them and spitting hot bars, man. So I, mean, I,
1: really- I like to think I like to think it's I like to think it's within the realm of possibilities, man. I hope to make it out there soon.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, stay blessed, man. And I just want to say thank you for joining us to kill some time with us, and thank you to listen as well for killing some time with us I'll be Marcus Bronzy I've
1: been there I've seen a bit guys Harry Mack thank y'all for having me stay blessed
2: Harry yes, th- yes. that's unreasonable man uh, that that's unreasonable fun. bro that's awesome. hey, real talk so like I'm, so good nah that's sick No, nah, cause you Honestly, I, d- you, I can't. I can't comprehend how your how your brain works. I mean, I don't know. I, d- I should have put this in the podcast at some point. But I would love us. Well. would love a scientist to scan your brain. There are people in yeah. New York that will do that. Scan your brain while you're freestyling to see what is going on in your head because there's something happening that doesn't usually happen. Like do you know, you know what's ride.
3: crazy about you saying that right is this is going to be a really shit like because because we're on the screen, but usually. You hear, like, you know, like, oh, give me some words and I'll freestyle it. To me, it kind of goes, here's point A, point B, point C. But you were kind of like doing this sort of like, oh, this is like a whole verse about this one bit. <laughs> yeah. and it's not, a se- now the next bit is not a separate verse. It's all like woven in together like fucking crazy. And then I could almost hear you going, yeah i
2: nailed that bit no i want to do it i want to yeah. do another one, I'm <laughs> do one like, all like. it was like this is what you get for saying kumquat dev you're
1: gonna get a whole verse about yeah, exactly. I was exactly. <laughs> it's so i'm, I'm just having yeah, so no, much dude. fun man i'm having so much fun I, I don't ever want to stop man so i i appreciate you guys thank you for this opportunity so, please
2: don't stop man awesome. i'll taking enough of your time today but stay blessed man I, I'm, I'm, and we'll keep in contact with you and we'll, we'll reach out to you at some yes. point man we'll let you know if we're over please. that side of the water as well harry
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Hit me up anytime, and uh, uh, let me get a link when the show goes live. I'll, I'd love to listen, obviously, and 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 throw it up on the story or whatever.
2: Hundred percent, man. Appreciate that. Stay blessed. All right, all right, for sure. cheers, bro. Peace, guys. Um, so yeah, there you have it. That was Harry Mack here on How to Kill an Hour, M- bruv. Didn't we tell him, Dev? If you listen to the whole podcast, the payout after the freestyle would be amazing. Yeah,
3: right? no doubt. You know, a lot of those, um, a lot of those, uh, uh podcasts about, uh, uh. Uh, crime, the crime podcast. They <laughs> promise you stuff all the way through it. And you're like, all right, I'm going to listen to 70 episodes, but there better be a payoff. And you, you're sort of a bit anticlimactic. I feel like, I feel like you really got your money's worth with that one.
2: We delivered, man. We delivered. I still come How did he manage to not just, <laughs> it's like, it's like you threw that down at him. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you're going to give me that word. I'm not just going to hit that word. I'm going to give you a verse on kumquat.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll level with you. I didn't even know kumquats came from trees. I, I thought it was a root fruit. I really did. I, I didn't know where it came from. He schooled me on
2: kumquats. He's just working on a different level out here, man. I, re- I really want to see, like, if he says he's still improving, I wonder where he's going to be in, like, two years' time. Because I don't think there's anyone else out there that's training as hard in this area of freestyle. It's going to be mad. And do you know what I realise as well, Dev? He doesn't curse much, you know. kept it quite clean. Yeah,
3: it's, it, it sort of broadens the appeal a little bit. And it, it, I guess it's, it's also really interesting for me to listen to somebody that you would consider pretty on top of their game and they still want to get better and they're still interested in improving. In uh, I, I think we all learned a little something, uh, something in today's episode. Uh, I think we'd all take a little something away.
2: Yes, yes, we did. And I think on that note, it's uh, time for us to leave you. Jesus, did you just hear my stomach
3: gurgling during that? Did I pick up on the microphone?
2: i, nah, nah, a I thought thing. it was i thought it was another drum kit you know what yeah.
1: i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a floor uh, time you've swallowed a maraca. <laughs> you in a maraca anyway um hey 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 so yeah that was how to kill an hour you can find uh, us on social medias at how to kill an hour i'm at marcus bronzy b-r-o-n-z-y where can we find you on L social medias
3: um on instagram it's dev dev just dev uh my username's not for sale you can't buy it sorry i'm not i'm not not gonna sell it to you no matter how many aggressive dms you send me and i am dev underscore 101 on twitter
2: Boom! plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with us Also, before you go, before you go, before you go, we've also put a video of the freestyle up as well. You can see Dev and I's, uh, Dev and mine, our brains explode basically on camera. It's crazy. All right, see you next time, guys.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,